Welcome to the Straight Cut. I am Aaron Shuttleworth. We do have a special guest this week. We have the man himself, Chris Hopper from Perdomo Cigars. How you doing? I'm doing great, Aaron. Thanks very much for having me on. Yeah, yeah, we're looking forward to it. Uh, we just got done having a event here up here at West End Cigar. Um, I wasn't able to make this event. I was up on the radio doing another engagement, but I th- I assume it went well like it always does. You know what, Aaron? It was fantastic. A um, little bit about the event. Um, and if I get this wrong, I apologize, but there was a lady whose son had had cancer mm-hmm. and um, he would take his backpack of Hot Wheels to his chemo treatments. Mm-hmm. And um, his mother always remembered that her son passed away. And she said that she would always, she wanted to have Hot Wheels there for kids mm-hmm. to have when they're in doing chemo. So I think Merrill uh, was part of the responsibility for this, yeah. one of your customers. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so you guys have been working on it for a while now, correct? Yeah, I, I guess right at around a month, and it's uh, Cars for Leo. And, yeah, we've had a great outpouring of people bringing in uh, Hot Wheels, and uh, we're going distri- to uh, – then we give them off to the proper authority, and then they're just distributing to all children's hospitals around the U.S. Which and we is- had we had a, a – I came in here Saturday – and there was three huge boxes of, of Hot Wheels. Just yeah, it's fantastic. Tons. And I yeah. think we raised about $500 yep. um, on the Friday evening. It was uh, it was great. I mean, great turnout. Mm-hmm. Um, love uh, love uh, Little Rock and West End and all the people who, who come out for uh, Perdomo events, which uh, have been fantastic. <laughs> yeah. We have a great following here. We do, you yeah. know that. We yeah. have a great following. Great, You guys have a great group of customers who I've got to know quite a few of them quite well. Really, really enjoy your place. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, it, it it always is a great turnout and everything, and especially you know, like you're saying, we did the we had a little special thing. We had a basketball hoop out there for the cars for Leo. You know, you you make a couple shots or you bring in X amount of cars, you get that many shots to win some more prizes and everything like that. And you know, some people killed it. We we got to see who the ballers were of the shop uh, during uh, the basketball. Leanne, <laughs> Leanne, believe it or not. Made 31, 31 out of 40. 31 40, yeah. Yes. I mean, it was, uh, I heard about that when she came in uh, last night. I was I, like, girl, I heard you were just killing it on the free throws. So, yeah. Uh, again, thanks to all the regulars and everything that, you know, help support the Cars for Leo. It goes to a, you know, a very special cause. It's, you know, uh, you know helps out a, a bunch of kids in their worst time of need. My, my brother had cancer when he was, I say little, he was 14, but he was bigger than me. Um, but anytime you have that with a, a kid and you're a parent, especially with a loss, it hurts. So it's just the little things that anybody can do. And it's just, I'm glad to be a part of, you know, it, as minimal as it is, it, it goes a long way. Yeah. I think, something. I think for, for children in that situation that, uh, having something from home or something that takes their mind off of the situation mm-hmm. that they're in is, is fantastic. And yep. that's a great, great cause. Yep. Yep. It was. So tonight we are with the, you know, but the Perdomo man here himself. We're smoking the uh, Perdomo Habano Sun Grown. Uh, we're doing the Epicure size. This one actually, I guess, a couple hours before the event started, got word that this one, 2019 Best Cigar of Nicaragua. That is correct. Um, fabulous award for us. Um, Nick Perdomo, Janine Perdomo, and Arthur Kemper are all over in Germany doing, uh, well, they just finished mm-hmm. the uh, European Cigar Trade Show in Dortmund, Germany, and uh, we're very honored to win 
best uh, Nicaraguan cigar with our Perdomo Habano. Um, uh, the entire brand line, I believe, because it didn't specifically say um, Connecticut Sun Grown or Maduro, which yeah. is a running theme with us because yeah. we're a three wrapper company. Yep. But because we're having this lovely pineapple cider yeah yeah so we're having it with the stone's throw pineapple cider um i'm a big cider fan um do you do you enjoy ciders um kind of hey <laughs> I, I like ciders i like stouts i like ciders it's the very irish part of me that uh, that enjoys that so when we were talking about it i was like hell we're having a cider let's get something spicy i'm more of a mead man mead see i can't, i haven't found the right mead I need to. I need to get into a. You mead. have to make your own. See, I got a buddy I work with at the tattoo shop. He makes his mead. He has made a honey mead. I will say that is probably the best one I've had, uh, mead wise. I just I don't drink enough of it, but you know it's it's a Viking drink, and you know that's what everybody Off. calls me by. So I got to. I guess I got to. I start carrying around just my my ram horn of mead. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. But thanks again to Stones Throw for you know providing the the beer that we're having tonight. We'll talk more about it later later on in the show and more about the cigar. We both just lit them up. I'm just you know a quarter of an inch in, and you're about the same way. But on the cigar wise, um, how long you been in the business? I am uh, actually a lot older than I feel. Um, I'm, I've been in the business for 25 years, Aaron. Well, that's hard to be when you, when you're 27. Oh, thank you very much, <laughs> man. The compliments are flying tonight, ladies and yeah, gentlemen, yeah, but, yeah. uh, no, I've been in it for 25 years. Um, I started out my career, uh, North of the border. Um, I'm originally from Canada. Yeah. A. A. Yeah. We have to throw an A in there. Um, we have quite a big li- We have quite a few listeners up in Canada. Hey, how's it going? E? That's for my Canadian friends. Anyway, no, I started out in Canada. Um, I was selling the U.S. cigar products up there, Aaron, which uh, mm-hmm. which are now owned by General. Okay. And then I I managed to uh, I was lucky enough to to land a job with Camacho, and spent a few years with Camacho before um, they sold to Davidoff. Okay. And then I've since been with Nick uh, Perdomo at Perdomo Cigars for the last uh, thirteen years. Yeah, absolutely loving it. It's been uh, it's been a great ride. Yeah, I, I guess I met you a little over four years ago, and that's all I've known you as is you know the Perdomo rep. And I th- and I know we've we've said it numerous times, and Brandon every time Brandon uh, has been on the show too. I think especially one of the first shows, you were the first cigar we brought into West End Cigars. So Perdomo definitely has a special place, you know, in our shop just because you your company is the one that helped us, you know showcase cigars in little rock you know start get this whole western cigars train moving yeah i it was it was it was quite interesting because uh, brandon was in here putting a pine board on the wall mm-hmm. and i stuck my head in and said uh hey brandon i heard about you uh chris from perdomo love to come in and chat with you and the rest is history the great thing about uh west end is you guys have had uh two or three trips down to nicaragua to yeah. our factory yeah. and, and brought uh customers down which is uh which has been great, and it, I mean, it, that's, we can get into that too and talk about that a little bit, but mm-hmm. that's all part and parcel of how, you know, you get, I mean, cigars is, it's an art, it's an art form. It is. It, it is. is very much an art form, very much like the cider that we're, we're drinking tonight, and uh, the more you learn about it and the more you get into it and see what's going on, you just, you're amazed. Yeah, I, have, amazed. I haven't made the trip yet. I know uh, Brandon, Steve, Doug has made it. But whenever a one of our members or regulars have gone on a trip, you know they've always said when they came back, 
it wasn't what they expected. They expected more like a vacation, but when they got done and they got there, it was just a learning experience. They learn, they, they have a better appreciation for the cigars just because you actually do take them. You take them into the fields, you take them into the, the rolling rooms, you take them into, you know, see every, every part of the, of the cigar, how it's made. And it is, you, you open up the doors and you actually show them, this is what it takes to create the cigar that you're having. Absolutely. It's uh, it's something unique. There's not a lot mm-hmm. of companies in the industry that are vertically integrated. And vertical integration is is that aspect where you go from seed to finished product. Yep. So we're doing everything from growing the seed to, as you said, growing, hanging and drying, fermentation, production, all of that, yep. making our own boxes. See, and that's the, as a carpenter and as a finished carpenter who's been in you know a woodworking trade for 20 years, when I do get down there, that is probably the room I can't wait to see the most just because I want to see, I just, I just love how they make, because you have some of the prettiest boxes in, in the cigar industry. And I just can't wait to see just the craftsman and how it's made uh, from that. Yeah. It's quite, it's quite a, it's quite a process yeah. actually, Aaron. It's uh it's, it's, it's great because you get that, that you, you see a sense of pride down there too. Mm-hmm. Uh, not just in the box factory, but throughout the entire uh, facility uh, with production and in the farms it's just it's great we the people we've got great great people down there that work for us in Nicaragua it's a great team and mm-hmm. they're a team we're all a team yeah. that's the thing that we love about it it's team Perdomo and a lot of the times when I see you know whenever some one of our regulars or whoever Steve Brandon and they're bringing back and we're looking at pictures the one thing I that kind of really stands out to me is seeing you know the faces of the employees down there I mean, they're just, they look like they're just having a good time and they're just enjoying every aspect of, you know, making this product that so many people enjoy. Part of the, part of that, part of that, Aaron, is the fact that y'all are coming down there. Mm -hmm. Like when they see people from United States, Europe, Australia, Canada, that come down to see the production facilities, it gives them a sense of pride because they know these are the people who are buying the yeah. cigars and smoking the cigars. And it's just, it, it's really, um, it's, it's really warming for them too, because, um, they get a chance to put faces of consumers and, and yeah. people who sell yeah. the same as we do. Yeah, we yeah. see them they see us and everybody's like, wow, this yeah. is great. And yeah, yeah, I, I can't wait to get down there and I'll hopefully within the next couple of years. You better. I know. You better, I, man. I, know. I, I think in the line of employees, I think I'm next. So, well, we'll have to talk to Senor McKinney. <laughs> yeah, we need to talk to the higher ups on that. There one. you go. Yeah, but I am looking forward to it. Um, cigar wise, um, how long have you been smoking cigars? Not just selling them, but how long have you been actually enjoying um, them? I will say, hmm, not to get me in trouble, <laughs> 39 years. Okay. 39 yeah. years. The first cigar I ever had, not premium, mm-hmm. first cigar I ever had was a Colts Mild, which everybody's going, what's a Colts Mild? I don't think I even know what that is. My Canadian friends will know what a Colts Mild is. Um, It's a machine-made cigar uh, with a rum tip, plastic rum tip on it. Oh, okay. That's the first. Actually, in my high school yearbook, there is a picture of me with one. Yeah, Yeah, we're going to need to see that picture. (laughs) I'll show it to you. (laughs) And then uh, my first premium cigar was a Partagas Lusitania. Okay. Okay. being in Canada with with Cubans being legal up there at the time, I was able to smoke that. My best friend um, is a chef, 
who was an avid uh, beer drinker, uh, bourbon drinker, chef, and mm-hmm. he was a big cigar smoker and smoked a lot of Cubans. And so he, he was the first one that introduced me to premium cigars. And then uh, on from there I went. Yeah, yeah. That, that's something where I was, I was going to ask you, like, do you remember what your first one was? It's something we always ask. So it's, it's cool that you can, you know, dive into that aspect. And it is, it, like, it's always somebody who has, like, you know, like you said, a chef. You, you kind of just, kinda, they kind of marry in together having some sort of drink or, or you know, something like that. It always kind of ties back in together. Um, do you know what your most memorable cigar experience, I guess, is? Wow. I know. Wow. The heavy hitting questions. My most memorable cigar experience. That is a good one. I you know what, Aaron, I would have to rack my brain, but I would probably say the first time we won one of the cigar journal awards. Okay. When when I was actually invited to go to the ceremony with yeah. with the Perdomo family and stuff, that would probably be one of my most memorable because, you know, getting that recognition from Cigar Journal uh, which is a European uh, mm-hmm. publication, which is which is a great publication. Yeah. That was pretty cool that I was able to be a part of that with them and 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 smoke uh, smoke a cigar at that after that uh, winning that award, which yeah. was fabulous. And like you were saying, you know, with the with the employees down in the factory, and they get to see the hard work they put in. You you kind of got to see your hard work and then get that you know recognition that you you won. And you know, you don't know how much you had to do with that, but the fact that you were part of Lee in, in involved somehow I can see how you can get the you know the get, get the feel goods yeah I that. mean I mean yeah if the feel good thing is there because well I mean you get that recognition from your peers also and and the fact that the, the, the family feels like they can bring you in as a part of it is mm-hmm. and, and that's a great thing about the Perdomo family is they're very family oriented mm-hmm. um, they call it the Perdomo family uh, or sorry they call it Perdomo army yeah that's our that's our that's what it is it's a big thing about and we've we've had we've had them both up here for our i believe it was a, was our f- three or four year anniversary i i'm gonna say three i think it was i think it three. might have been three yeah yeah and we had i think i was here yeah you were i was yeah here. yeah yeah everybody goes i met nick and janine perdomo uh <laughs> at uh west end and i go i was there yeah <laughs> yeah and they're but, like oh i don't remember you it, i was the bald guy oh yeah okay see but uh, did you have the, like the curly mustache then uh, oh, the handlebar? The handlebar? Yeah, I might have had the handlebar back then. I mean, I, I don't know. You remember that. I remember yeah. that. So that was the first time I met you because you were sitting over by our window, had the curly handlebar mustache, and you are eating the monkey burger. Oh, monkey burger. That was the oh, first time I met you. Before monkey burger changed. Before New ownership changed. now, yep. right? And I, well, I don't even think it's around anymore. Really? Yeah. Yes, I do remember monkey burger because there was the monkey burger challenge, and I ate the whole monkey burger and an entire order of fries, and everybody was like, what? I know that's like seventeen pounds worth of food. Oh yeah, <laughs> yeah. That was so. That was the first time I met you. It's been damn near four years. I've been here over three. I think my beard might not have been gray. No, it was. It was. I, it might. It might. It might have been a little brown. It might still. Not have been. Yeah. <laughs> I think you guys were the ones that introduced me to the blinders, though, right? Did you guys introduce me to the blinders? That would, since when we met. That would have been Steve because that's Steve's all-time favorite show. That's. That yeah, it definitely would have been Steve that did. So Steve was the one that got me hooked on the Peaky Blinders. Peaky Blinders, yep. The Peaky Blinders. So so now everybody, everybody's like, yeah, the, you know, the guy who likes the Peaky Blinders, the dog that has the uh, the the Irish accent or the English the accent. The guy that loves the Peaky Blinder. 
Peaky Blinder. Yeah. Yep. That guy. Yep. That, that, was de- that was definitely Steve. Um, so, from Canada, you a hockey fan? Yes, sir. I am a hockey fan, or I'm a suffering hockey fan. Now, those of you who don't appreciate hockey, that's cool. I'll just tell you that I've been waiting uh, 52 years for my team to win another Stanley Cup, which is excruciating. So I can, uh, I can, uh, you know, all those Cubs fans out there that yeah. waited all that time, yep. I, I feel for them. I, I'm, I'm in the same group with my football team. So, so who's your, who's your hockey? Toronto Maple Leafs. Maple Leafs. Yeah. So I'm just now getting into hockey. More recently, past couple years. Don't tell me you're a Nashville Predators fan. I I, I was going to be just because I'm not going to root anything St. Louis. Um, I'm not. They gonna, won the Stanley Cup. You I, should be happy. From I know your KC from, man. From, I know the, from the Kansas City side, I can't I go St. Louis uh, side. Um, and I'm not going to go Dallas just because that seems to be the easy way out in Little Rock. So, but my in-laws live in Vegas. Oh, you're a Knights fan. So I'm I've I've become a Knights fan. Well, I, yeah. And the fact that they, you know, they were the underdog and they first got in the league and they almost won it all the first year in the league. I was like, "All right, screw it. I'm and, I'm I'm a I'm a I'm a Knights fan." And isn't that amazing that they won that by drafting yeah. unrestricted players yeah. from teams yeah. to put together a team that molded together that quickly? Yeah. That amazes for, me. For players who other teams didn't want them anymore. Correct. I mean, they and you, you can almost get that sense. They played with a chip, and they almost won the whole damn thing. But, you know. Kind of like, like Kelly's Heroes, but you don't know Kelly's Heroes. That's an old war movie. I, but I, I know I know Kelly's Heroes. The Misfits from Kelly's Heroes. Yeah, yeah I know that. I mean, my, my dad's an old Navy guy, so I've seen plenty of there you go. war movies. And Great movie. Yep. Uh, yeah, so I, I figure you were, uh, were, were hockey. Well, hockey no, player. I'm still, I mean. I'll say this: I live in Atlanta now, and I'm a I'm a, a, a hometown guy, so mm-hmm. I'll support Braves, Falcons, uh, Georgia Bulldogs, Georgia Tech, Yellow Jackets. Yeah, I'll support those guys. So we I just got back from Atlanta, uh, like a. Oh, 10, were you at Comic Con ten days ago? Or no, Dragon Con. I mean, no, no. So I went the weekend after me. That's where me and Mo had our mini honeymoon. Oh, nice. Was down in Atlanta. Nice. Um, first time I've ever been. I I really like the city, but. If you don't drive 90 on the highway, you're going too damn slow. Ooh, I have noticed that. Truth. <laughs> that is the truth. That was the craziest thing. So a couple weeks ago when we had Paul on. Uh, from Mr. A- Rorex. Yeah, from, yes. from Ashton. And he was talking about the way the city is laying out. It's like a, he said like the, the map is like somebody just put spaghetti on, on the table and that's the roadways. It was. He doesn't understand it, but it's based on topography. Man, it was so. It's based busy. on the rivers. It's based on topography, and there is a ring road called 285, uh-huh. which you take your life in your hands, like you said. Yeah. You have to drive 90 miles an hour yep. on there. Uh, the crazy thing is that two major interstates converge, uh, 75 and 85 converge right in downtown Atlanta, which causes a cluster. Oh, of traffic. There was definitely. If that's where you were, did you guys stay in Midtown or downtown? Uh, so, so we stayed in a little bit south, um, but everything we did. Where did you stay? I can't, I can't even remember. Wow. I know. Your wife is going to kill you. You don't even remember <laughs> where the honeymoon was. Oh yeah, thanks, thanks. Yeah. I appreciate that. Um, just a little. I mean, we stayed in Atlanta. It was funny. Like, hour outside of Atlanta, in Atlanta. Yes. So I don't know where I stayed because I stayed in Atlanta, but everything we went to was forty-five minutes away. <laughs> so, it was just. It wasn't too bad. We were 11 miles from uh, the aquarium. I know that. 11 miles south of the aquarium? Yeah. You would have been in hmm, hmm, East Point? 
that sounds familiar. I forget the name of the neighborhood. It was really nice. It's uh, it was by the Marta train, the main one of the main hubs by the old stadium. By the old by the old Ted Turner Stadium. Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah, South Atlanta. So yeah. you could see Mercedes Benz from where you were. Uh, it was like the new the new stadium yeah, the was new like stadium. was like four miles away. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 Excellent. I liked Atlanta. It was really good. I mean, I probably gained twenty pounds just off the food that we had down there. It was. It's a great. It's a good food town. Man, it's a really good food town. The yeah, the food down there was amazing. Hit hit up some nice cigar shops and everything. Um, I'm a big baseball fan. Y'all, Did you go to SunTrust? Oh man, what a beautiful stadium! Uh, oh. Shame on me, have not been yet. It was so good. It was. Did you see your team play? No, we saw uh, we saw the Braves and the Nationals, and they beat them. They did. It was nice. So we got to see uh, uh, the the young guy. He was a rookie. Last Acuna. Year. Acuna hit a uh, hit a home run. That was cool. Hit it right towards us, but just like right right below. I'm gonna say something uh, on behalf of all my Canadian friends. The GM of the Braves is for, is a Canadian. Uh-huh. Uh, who used to be with the Blue Jay uh, Blue Jay organization and now is with the Braves and I think that a big part of what you've seen in the last two years in Atlanta has been because of this kid. Mm-hmm. He is unbelievable. Oh man, I don't know, I can't remember off the top of my head Aaron his name, but uh, unbelievable what he's done and who he's picked up. Yeah, I mean Donaldson for example. Uh-huh. There's a guy that nobody wanted. Yeah, I mean started started out his career in Oakland. Yep, and then. Went up to was a Blue Jay, yeah. Went yep. up to Toronto, and then he kind of just floated around. But yeah, he's he's hitting his stride, definitely in a, in Atlanta, and the city has definitely embraced absolutely the whole team. And absolutely. Well, understand this too, and and you probably know this. It is a very uh, transient city. Mm-hmm. Uh, if we were in a cigar shop in Atlanta, I guarantee if there was a dozen guys in there and you asked them, ten out of twelve are not Georgia natives. Yeah. I mean, it's it, so when you go to a game, like if you went to the Nats game, you probably would have seen, you know, a couple thousand people with Nats hats on, yeah, because they're from the you know Mid Atlantic yeah, DC area. DC area, yep. yep. Yeah, it was it was cool. I, in the, the the whole infrastructure that they have with the stadium, just seeing that little oh the battery, the battery, man, yeah. that was. I mean, there was there's something for everybody there. Yep. If you get if you have to get dragged along to a baseball game, it doesn't matter because you can do something else. Yeah, there's there. food and entertainment yep. and everything. Yeah, it's a great concept. I mean, you have a Waffle House in the stadium. That's awesome. I mean, get, <laughs> like we were making a joke earlier, you can get some hash browns to go to your seat. I mean, oh, that's awesome. Nobody else can do that in, in anywhere awesome. else. Yeah, that's just, awesome. It's just, uh, it's a. I really, I really did enjoy enjoy the uh, the city. Um, so we'll touch back to the cigar. Like again, we're having the Perdomo Habano Sun Grown. Um, what can you tell me? About this, cigar. the Perdomo Habano Sun Grown is uh, is a. Uh, what happened with that cigar is we originally came out with uh, a Habano in a in a um, slide top box, and that was our original Habano. Uh, we had it in a Connecticut, a Corojo, and a Maduro, and what we did was we redid it. We 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 changed the blend a little bit. We repackaged it, uh, new bands, new vistas, um, sexier, and and we um, promoted the fact that we and we've been doing this forever that we barrel age the wrappers. Mm-hmm. Now, we've always done it, but that was not something that we talked about. We didn't talk about it in marketing. We didn't talk about it on the box. But we said, hey, we're going to talk about it now. So what we did, what we do is 
we have sourced bourbon barrels and yeah. Tennessee whiskey barrels. So I'll give it to you real quick. And later on at the end of the show, I will quiz you to see if you remember. Okay? Okay. Buffalo Trace, Eagle Rare, George Dickel, 1792, Woodford, and Jack Daniels. Those are the barrels we use. Now, <laughs> what we do is those barrels uh, we get, uh, we, we take the top of the lid, uh, uh, not of the, it's a stave, right? Yeah. The staves. We take the top off and it's still charred inside. There is no mash. We'll put cheesecloth in that barrel. Okay. And then we lay the wrapper leaf in the barrel and put the lid on. Now, like you know, if, if that tobacco's sitting there, you're going to get heat. Yeah. Right? Yeah. So what happens if I don't rotate that tobacco? You're just going to get, the bottom is just going to be. You are correct. Yeah. Yes, that's what's going to happen. It's going to, it's going to, it's going to start to rot. Mush. Cause, yeah, because yeah, of the heat. So every twenty-eight to thirty days, we'll take that tobacco out and restack it, top to bottom, bottom to top. Okay. Connecticut spends eight months in the barrels. Sungrown spends ten months. So the cigar that you're smoking spends ten months. That wrapper spends ten months in the barrel, mm-hmm. and the Maduro spends fourteen months in the barrel. Now, why do we do that? Well, here we go. This is for all those Gary Busey fans out there. And if you all know who Gary Busey is, you'll understand this. Mr. Horse, horse Teeth. Right. Not not so much his horse teeth, but his his thought processes. Yeah. It is a F-A-C-T fact that we use the bourbon barrels to enhance the flavor, mm-hmm. the aroma, the color, and the texture of the cigar wrapper. So if you remember fact then you'll know why we use bourbon barrels. Okay. And that's basically what it does. It's not to, uh, it doesn't impart a bourbon flavor. That's not what we're going for. No, it's for. not It's not a bourbon infused. No. It's just a bourbon barrel aged. Correct. Educate. We like using the word educate um, to consumers that, you know, when you see the words bourbon barrel aged, it, it's not... You're not dousing the thing. You're not dipping it in bourbon or spraying it. Yeah, yeah. It's just no. it's just the barrel aging to it. The Cubans used to use rum barrels. Yeah, it, Aaron. Yeah. Uh, a little background on on Perdomo, which a lot of people may or may not know. Nick's uh, father and grandfather were master rollers in Cuba. Yeah. Uh, heads of production at H Upman and Partagas factories, and part of their process in Cuba was they used to use rum barrels for the same reasons mm-hmm. with the wrappers. We chose, you know, U.S. oak bourbon barrels to do it with. So that's that's our. So when you get the barrels, does it have which company it comes from? Or absolutely, they... okay. yeah, they're stamped. I mean, when I was down in February, um, I had my head jammed in a uh, Woodford Reserve barrel, and you can smell. Yeah. You can smell the bourbon, but I mean, it's. I would say this, if somebody had never smoked a Perdomo and they picked up what we're smoking tonight mm-hmm. and they puffed on it and halfway through that cigar, they said to me, you use Buffalo Trace bourbon barrels. I'd go, you have the greatest palate in the world. <laughs> because, I mean, I mean, people pick up subtle notes, yeah. Aaron, but holy yeah. moly, if you could pick that up. See, I'm not a, I'm not a bourbon guy. Um, I know a lot of people in the cigar world are. I just haven't found the bourbon that I like. Um, I'm kind of one of the odd groups. I really enjoy vodka with my cigar um, just because to me, vodka is a just plain neutral. It, it's a, it's a palate cleanser. It's a neutral. Yeah. yeah. I, and I just really enjoy, I know, understand that. every time I have a cigar, drink some vodka, a little bit of club soda or something neat. And then 
That's that's really about it. I think uh, for the most part, depending on what you like to drink, be it anything from coffee to root beer to mm-hmm. bourbon to single malt scotches to cognac, whatever, whatever you like to drink, I think this is supposed to complement mm-hmm. your cigar. Mm-hmm. Uh, sometimes it could overwhelm it. Uh, sometimes it could be underwhelming, but that's totally up to the person. People will ask you all the time. They'll go, Aaron, what should I pair this with? I mean, I always, I always turn that back to the person, and I say, "Yeah, what do you like? Yeah, what do you like? pair it with? What you like? Yeah. Uh, you know, what I drink, you're not gonna like. A lot of people don't like vodka with their cigars. I, I prefer, I like, I like vodka with my cigar. Some people like monster drinks with their cigar. Who the hell cares? Some people like root beer. Yeah, I know somebody who likes YooHoo. <laughs> YooHoo. Yes. <laughs> I, I don't think I've ever. No, this guy I, loves YooHoo you, with can a cigar. Can you even buy YooHoo still? Oh yeah. Bottles and bottles really? and bottles of it. I don't, think I, I don't think I've seen you since I was like 12. Oh, no. Well, it's still out there. Still out there. I'll, I'll, yep. I'll, okay, I'll, I'm going to have to tr- find a bottle of Yoo-Hoo and, and drink it with uh, something and see what I get. Like, oh, yeah, I really taste the Maybe uh, with a Maduro. chocolate. You know what? Maybe with a Maduro, you know, like, a Yoo-Hoo might actually go really well. You know, something with that chocolate, because you get that right. cocoa-esque right. from it. It'd yeah. probably work with it. But the, the spiciness of, with this being the Sun Grown, I... I of the Habano line, the Sun Grown is my probably my favorite, specifically the Torpedo. The Torpedo Sun Grown Habano is is my favorite of the Habano line. I just really like the spiciness that you get from it. And and may I ask you a question, Aaron? What do you got? Or you're the interviewer. Yeah, ask me. Okay, this is free flowing, man. All right. Why do you like torpedoes? I like the mouthfeel. I like a V-cut. Steve is going to say he takes credit for the V-cut on the torpedo. Whatever. I don't care. He can have that. I think I showed that to Steve. Oh, and the and the, the penny drops. I think I showed that to you, Steve. <laughs> Maybe not, but I think I did. I know. I, I just like, uh, I don't know. I like the mouthfeel because I like smaller cigars. I don't like bigger gauge cigars. I don't like Churchill's and Gordo's and stuff like that. It's not my, it's not my favorite. I prefer like Petit Corona's. And like Rothschilds and stuff like that. So I think just with that torpedo, I still get that. You know what I talk to people about when it comes to that? Like if you're talking about a parallel, Mm -hmm. which a parallel is is your Robustos, Toros, Churchills. Now, a torpedo is a shape cigar. Mm -hmm. So what I always say to people is, are you a car guy? And the guy goes, yep. And I go, well, do you like carburetors, which is a straight cut on a parallel, Mm -hmm. which is wide open? Mm -hmm. Or are you a fuel injector guy? Mm Mm-hmm. That's what a torpedo does. And they're like, mm-hmm. wow, I never thought about that. Yeah. And I said, yeah, it concentrates the flavor. Yeah. It brings the flavor to a point. It gives you a more concentrated smoke yep. than wide open like you would with a straight cut. Yeah. You know, that's why some people punch and some mm-hmm. people V-cut and some people use thumbnails. Yeah. <laughs> that or like just their teeth. Just Well, yeah, there I've seen guys who can take a cap off with their teeth yeah. and it looks as, as good as any straight cut so but brandon uses sometimes just the knife and it's like just delicately cuts the cap off and it's the cleanest cut i'm like god yeah beautiful <laughs> beautiful but that's that's why he owns the shop he can, yes he, he can do hello brandon <laughs> good evening brandon how you doing uh yeah so I, I like i just like 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 you said the content the concentrate smoke that's why i prefer the uh the torpedo and i just like the the, the shape of that one. like it like i said the mouth the mouth feel of that one but on this one tonight we are smoking the epicure um this comes in a couple different sizes first 
The wrapper is a Nicaraguan sungrown. The binder and filler are both Cuban seed Nicaraguan. And then size-wise, you have the Habanito 4x38, a Robusto 5x54, an Epicure 6x54, which we're having tonight. The Gordo 6x60, the Torpedo a 6.5x54, and the Churchill 7x54. Do you have a preferred size that you enjoy? Uh, what we're smoking tonight is is usually what I prefer. I'm, okay. I'm, I'm a big Epicure guy when it comes to... Uh, the Habano line, uh-huh. uh, just to give you a little more insight into the to uh, the seed varietals, um, because it's not specific in there. We use two Cuban seed varietals, Criollo. Mm-hmm. Say that with me together, Criollo. Criollo and Corojo. Corojo. Yes, those yeah. are the two that, that we use now. Which, uh, which, you, which one's which? Have, I do not. We don't. We're not specific. We okay. won't give specific details because it's a recipe. Yeah. So it's either going to be Criollo. Or Carrojo. Okay. Either one. But um, I don't know if you guys have talked about those seed varietals in previous shows, but I can give you a little insight if you wish. Have at it. The Criollo is an original Cuban seed varietal. Okay. That's one that started in Cuba. Criollo is one that's always been there. Now, Corojo is the Criollo seed cross-hybridized with a seed that was uh, resistant to molds and black shank and stuff like that because the cubans had issues with those kind of things back in the day so they wanted a more uh resistant seed to to things that can damage the the tobacco plant and it was grown on the el carojo farm why do i do it with a spanish accent hey, you know you're, you're you're true to the form i'm weird the el carojo farm so you got to do it with the the, the you got to roll the r but you got to do your other accents oh mm. what, what other accent would you like me to do today lad <laughs> I can do the Scottish accent, or I can say, sit your ass in that chair right now, lad. The Irish accent? Yeah. Whatever. Or the French, <laughs> or whatever. Anyway, so that's where the two seed varietals come from. Um, and uh, those are what we primarily use. People will say, well, why don't you use Connecticut Broadleaf or, or things like that? But Nick uh, and his father, when they were when they started out doing tobaccos, prefer the Cuban seed tobaccos. That's what his dad was used to. And that's what uh, that's what Nick's uh, has always liked, mm-hmm. so that we stick to what we know and what we like. Yeah. How how long has Nick been in? He actually, like your dad, was in the Navy. Okay. So Nick uh, uh, was an uh, air traffic controller in the uh, U.S. Navy. That's right. And did his time in the U.S. Navy, and then he went. Uh, believe it or not, he went to Miami International Airport as an air traffic controller, mm-hmm. and. I don't know. You would have to ask Nick on this, but I think he one day he had an epiphany and said, we can make cigars. Yeah. He had his grandfather and his dad, who were master rollers, living with him, and so they were the rollers. Okay. He worked air traffic control at night. They would roll cigars, and then he would come home, sleep, and then get up and go out and sell his cigars. Okay. And that's when nobody knew who Perdomo was. Yeah. I mean, the first year... Uh, that we started making cigars, I think we sold 9,054 cigars. And uh, last year, upwards of 20 million. Whew. Yeah. It's a lot of boxes. It is an American success story. It is. It Aaron, is. that's the cool thing about it. When people, you know, they'll sit back and say, oh, you know, I go, people in this country can succeed if they want. Yeah. So it's it, it's it's a really cool story. Yeah. Um, if you go on our website, and I don't mean to do some shameless promotion, but I'm going to. You do it. Uh, www.perdomocigars.com, and you can go on. We have a beautiful, brand new, interactive website, mm-hmm. um, and it's got 
information about everything that we do. It's got family histories. It's got find your favorite retailer, all that. It's, it's great. Yeah. It's, it, it, it's a it long is, time It's come. very user-friendly. Uh, I do like that. And what I like, I, I actually have it pulled up right now, but like I have it set, pulled up on the Habano, Habano line. So you have the wrappers and everything, the binder, the filler. But underneath it, it actually has a breakdown from the strength, finish, taste, and pairing. So like at the strength, medium to full body, so a good three-quarter. Finish, you got hints of oak and cedar, which you can definitely – uh, get from that the taste is rich and spicy which definitely you get the spiciness and rich and then the pairings scotch and bourbon so if you're newer into the cigar world and you need help you know distinguishing features of the cigar this one right here you know definitely helps you out it, it guides you to what you should be tasting what you should be experiencing and it helps you out on your pairings if you want to pair it up with a scotch or a bourbon you know it helps that these are definitely aged in bourbon barrels like well, you said. I'll tell you something else unique, and, and um, it's something that we do. We actually bourbon barrel age all our wrappers. Mm -hmm. So this one, this one is one that we key on it on the marketing and on the box and stuff like that. But every cigar that Perdomo makes is bourbon barrel aged wrapper. And that was something I just found out maybe two, three weeks ago because we just got your new catalog, and I was flipping through it, which, by the way, whoever – helped create the catalog or came up with that idea excellent idea that was just uh, uh that's a collaborative effort um that was really good but the same gentleman who shot all the photos for that uh um catalog did all the photos for our website his name is law ream he's in miami he's a great guy he, he, he did a fabulous job on that i mean spectacular pictures spectacular yeah. it really really showcases our 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 farms our factory our brands mm -hmm. our people it's great yeah, so in the we're in the members lounge here, so you can see the couple of the pictures we have framed up. That's that's from your factory. The ones in the hallway, that's that's yours. Um, you know, there's even a picture of you. I see it. Yeah, brutal, <laughs> brutal. That was how many years ago? Hundred. Yeah. No, that was, was Nixon. That picture, yeah, right? Nixon so that, that would have been probably at the third anniversary. No, well, I think that's a IPCPR. So Ooh. that would have been probably Brandon's. Ooh. First, one first, first one he went to? First one yeah. Went. yeah, so wow. he that's when he still looked baby-faced and fresh before he got, you know, us hooligans that work with him <laughs> in here. <laughs> the Peaky Blinders. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so check out their website. It has everything broke down for you. A nice little write-up and everything. But like I was saying on that catalog, with us being on the retail side, we have access to that stuff and just flipping through there. And I just saw how many were... You know they're highlighting what was barrel aged, and I was like, "Wow, I, I didn't realize that." Like the uh, the champagne. I mean, that's just great story about the champagne. Just just for you and your listeners, yeah. it was the first Connecticut shade Nicaraguan cigar ever made. Believe it or not, really? eighteen years ago, Nick and his father uh, decided they were going to put a Connecticut shade wrapper on Nicaraguan filler and binder mm -hmm. when. Everybody else was doing sun-grown and Maduro wrappers in Nicaragua. Um, and it's funny, the name uh, Nick's dad said, it's the champagne of wrappers. It's absolutely gorgeous. It was beautiful, Connecticut shade. We used, originally used U.S. Connecticut shade. We now use Ecuadorian Connecticut shade because the flavor profile is a little, uh, a little more subtle and sweet as opposed to uh, tannic wheat tea mm -hmm. kind of almost bitter notes that you get from u.s connecticut shade wow that sounded really artsy didn't it i'm sorry <laughs> a little little high high fluting yeah i i, but, I mean but, but no but i 
honestly, Aaron, and I, and I'm, I don't mean to interrupt you, but I really believe in what we do because yeah. I, I'm, I'm invested. I'm all in in this, and yeah. and I've seen what we do. And when you go on that factory tour, and ladies and gentlemen, just so you know, those factory tours are open to consumers too. So if you, I mean, if they want to check with you guys or their local yeah. tobacconist, whoever's in your listening area, yeah. um, anybody, yeah, for, yeah, anybody yeah. can go, and it's just it's mind blowing. I mean, it, it just. It's amazing. It really is. When, it's hard to describe, Aaron. I apologize. Yeah. When, no. When, whenever somebody comes back from the trip, I mean, they're just they just had the you know the best time. You know, you're 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 sleeping on the quarters there. You you know they have cigars with them all day long. You, know. you get you get yeah. <laughs> it's like you actually get everything we make throughout the course of yeah. uh, while you're there, and so you can smoke everything that we make, and that that in itself. I mean, it's it just it gives you that appreciation for it. Yeah, it's like some some people when they come back, they have a few of the cigars left and everything, and there's some that come back like, nope, I smoked every damn one of them. Mm-hmm. I, I had them all down there because you 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 wake up, you have a cigar in your hand, and you go there's, to sleep, you're having a cigar in your hand. There is nothing like waking up in Nicaragua at six in the morning and having a cup of Nicaraguan coffee mm-hmm. and a cigar. It's just it. it I don't know. I mean, it would be like sitting in Bordeaux, yeah, and having a glass of wine glass in Bordeaux wine. as the as the sun comes up. You yeah. know what I mean? It's yeah. the same kind of oh, yeah. of idea because you're right there in the middle of it, and it just it's a different experience. Yeah. It, you know, it's hard to put into words. It's like anything when when people travel to different countries and 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 they they enjoy the culture and the food of the yeah. country. What's well, it like St- Steve's in Rome right now, so he's probably you know he had in Rome pizza with there. pineapple on it. <laughs> okay, where do you lie with that? Uh, well, we call that a Hawaiian pizza. So, it's ham and pineapple, and in Canada, a lot of people eat it. Yeah, I I will eat a piece of that, but I I don't go out of my way to eat a piece of that. Does that help any? Uh, yeah, I I understand. Um, so Hawaiian pizza was invented by a Canadian. Did you know that? I did not know that. <laughs> I, maybe that's why we have so, so much dang Hawaiian pizza up there. Yeah, it's. I like I like pineapple on pizza. I'm I'm down with it. You and I would be in the minority because most people do not yeah. like it's pineapple that on it's pizza. that it's that sweet with the savory. That's what I. That's like. true. The you got that you got the saltiness of the ham. You got the sweetness of the pineapple. I mean, hell, we're drinking a pineapple beer tonight, which is which. No, yeah, uh, yeah, no. That that's this cider is. It's is, the same way. You get the lovely. you get the sweetness, you get the tartness, but you, then it works with the the spiciness. Please tell me the name of the brewer again. Uh, so this is Stones Throw uh, Brewing. Wow, um, well, thank you, Stones Throw yeah. Brewing. This is uh, this is lovely. Really, yeah. really appreciate it. Uh, a local one down here. Let me. I'll, I'll touch on on it. Uh, the alcohol is five percent. Uh, IBU is zero uh the juice they use is apple juice uh yeast is british ale but then they add pineapple puree into i guess the mash of everything that they do with it um this is a this is a seasonal release um so it's going to be not out for very much longer uh, so definitely pick it up if you can um the first time i had this me and brandon were working a cigar event downtown at their i believe it was their six-year anniversary and they make one of the best stouts i've ever had and i'm a stout guy i'm drinking stouts all night long it's like 9 30 at night it's middle of july i'm just sweating my ass off 
and I want something else. So I go down there and I was like, oh, what's this pineapple? And they're like, oh, it's a cider. I'm like, all right, I'll have that. I drank that thing in two gulps and it was just, uh, it was the most refreshing beer I, I've ever had. And it was, uh, it was great. And I had, I had to go back to get a little more. So what are, because I am a, a novice on this, Aaron, what are the roots of a cider? I mean, I know it's big in the Irish and Celtic, you know, uh, drinking, I guess. Um, I don't know the the pure roots, um, but it most ciders are going to be of the apple variety. Um, you do have some pear ciders. They also do a guava cider uh, in house, which is really really good. Um, to me, a cider is just. I always when we go when me and Mo go to my favorite Irish pub, I'm drinking Guinness. I'm having my fish and chips or whatever. But I always end with a cider. To me, that's just a a good kind of a. Uh, a dessert drink, I guess. Mm. Uh, okay. For yeah, me. I can see that. Just, you know, in, in with that Christmas, in with that lightness, a little bit lighter. It's not sitting so heavy like you would with a stout or a porter or anything like and that. And I think it complements the spiciness it of does. the Sabano quite it does. well. It, yeah, it, that, that's, you know, the, the spiciness that you get off with the Sabano wrap, the Sun Grown, it does work very, very well. Um, I was trying to find, like, the, the it, because the, the way the, the pineapple, the, his, the uh, Hawaiian pizza came about it's crazy it was like a greek immigrant that lived in canada created a hawaiian pizza for the u.s i mean it has nothing to do with hawaii it just happened that they use that's pine- bizarre pineapple. it's just and and that stuff that everybody calls canadian bacon <laughs> so, so canadian bacon is ham it's it's not anything uh, all right as the resident right, canadian we're gonna we're gonna, we're gonna we're take gonna, it back we're gonna step off that train for a second <laughs> Um, that Canadian bacon that you get on a pizza or on a egg McMuffin uh-huh. is Canadian bacon, but we as Canadians have something called pea meal bacon, which is far superior. And I'll give you a brief uh, story on that. We take a pork loin, okay. we brine it in a salt water brine for three to four days, and the loin becomes pinkish in color. We then take dried peas and when they're crushed up and they roll it in the dried peas the pork loin then we'll take a lovely cast iron skillet and put in like a quarter pound of butter Mm -hmm. and slice the bacon about a quarter to a half inch thick off that loin Mm -hmm. and put it in there and fry it i'm telling you it's heaven man that canadian bacon holds nothing to the pea meal if you ever get a chance to try it eat it if you find it, I don't. I don't think it's here. It just really hasn't taken off in the United States. But if you ever get up to Canada and say, "I want a pea meal bacon sandwich," yeah, sounds slap good. your mama. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, 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 I do. I, I, I've come to really enjoy uh, poutine lately. I'm, I'm not the biggest fan of squeaky cheese, but anytime you, you got a, a thing of fries, and then you throw brown gravy on it, hell yeah, sign me up. Brown gravy is great. Uh, the thing with the squeaky cheese is uh, I've found, because what we'll do is we'll go and buy French fries mm-hmm. from, and I won't name a place. It doesn't matter where you get them, but good good cut fries. Yeah. And then get a good brown gravy and put it on the stove. But I will take the, the curds mm-hmm. and cut them up smaller Yeah. so that when you put them on the fries and then put the gravy on top that it melts. In there. Some people use mozzarella, which that's the wrong thing to do. It's got to be squeaky cheese curds. Mm-hmm. 
but it's uh, yeah. it's awesome. It's that, awesome. That's, that's, that's a French thing. That's a French Canadian thing. Yeah, that's a good. To me, poutine is a good drunk food. Like yeah, you're right. That's what you want to have after a night of drinking. You need something to soak up everything. Here's uh, here's a little uh, trivia, or not trivia, but here's a little thing about Canadians too. Um, in the U.S., what's the drunk restaurant? Waffle House, would you say, I would, more or I, less? I would probably say Waffle House. Okay, so in Canada, we didn't have Waffle House, so we would go to Chinese restaurants uh-huh. and eat egg rolls. Ooh. That's what we would do when we were drunk. Really? And I remember one time, back in my younger days, when I was in Prince Edward Island, and we went to the Chinese restaurant, we ordered a hundred How many? How many? How many people? Not four of us. <laughs> four of us, yeah. We were playing golf, and they were like, a buck, a buck a piece back then because yeah. I'm old. Yeah. So they were a dollar a piece. So we ordered a hundred egg rolls, and ate them. Oh. But that absorbs that alcohol. Oh, I'll yeah. tell you. Yeah. Well, that's how it is. Like with 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 Waffle House. Like I was talking to somebody one time. I was like, oh man, Waffle House would be so much better if they sold beer. I'm like, no, no, no. That's where you go after you get done drinking to to Absolutely. get rid of all the alcohol. Absolutely. You got to have you know your your triple hash browns and everything else. Well, when I when I moved here uh, 17 years ago, I was very unfamiliar with Waffle House, being in Georgia where Waffle House started, uh-huh. and uh, we became season ticket holders for the Atlanta Thrashers, who are now the Winnipeg Jets, uh, for the hockey fans out there. Um, and we used to go after every game yeah. to Waffle House at the after the game, and yeah. that's where we would eat. So that was fun. That was a fun experience. I do not go to Waffle House anymore. Yeah, back when I was uh, pushing 300 pounds. What? Uh, <laughs> back when I was doing that, and I would leave wow. my pub, I had a Waffle House right by my house, so I'd always like swing in there to get all my stuff to go, and I'd just like eat everything in shame. <laughs> but it's wow. but it's like so good. But now that I'm not almost three hundred, what are you pounds, like about two oh five now? Shit, I wish. <laughs> no, I'm still I'm giving him a compliment. I gotta give him a compliment. <laughs> I'm a I'm sturdy. That's that's what I like to say. You're uh, you you are built honestly like a rugby player. Yeah, I've I've I'll never see the first digit as a one again, which I'm totally fine with. But uh, I've I'm like two fifty five is like my walking weight. But you're solid. Yeah, yeah. I've, I mean, I've I was back when I was in my dark dark times, and all I did was eat chicken wings and drink heavily. I didn't care, but now. I'm eating. Now he's a now he's a married man. Now I'm a married man and eating and eating way better and good. So, uh, yeah, but Waffle House still has that. I still gotta have that Waffle House every once in a while. It's yeah, it's got that uh, appeal. You know, it was so in Atlanta. I didn't see one Waffle House outside of uh, SunTrust Bank. Stadium. They're everywhere. You I didn't. Just, I just didn't see one. You guys didn't get around. They're yeah. everywhere. I mean, they're. I, not on every corner like uh, Dunkin' or Starbucks, but there's a lot of Waffle Houses around there. Little Rock has quite a few Waffle Houses. Do they? Yeah, uh-huh. we have we have quite a few. My favorite is if Little Rock ever got one was uh, a White Castle. That was... White Castle doesn't come south of the Mason-Dixon, does it? No, I think the, the closest I've seen one is probably KC. We have Crystal down here. Right. But... It's not the same. He's like, oh, it's the same. It's not the same. Isn't it like Hardee's and Hardee's uh, and, uh, Carl's, and Jr. Carl's Jr.? Yeah. yeah, they say they're the same, but... See, and I... Okay, that is something... My wife, she is a Carl's Jr., and I'm like, we have Hardee's. It's the same thing. And she's like, no, it's not the same thing. That is a soapbox I'm willing to die on until I actually have 
Carl's Jr., I guess. Is you know what? I don't think I've ever had Carl's it's Jr. It's the same damn thing to me. Yeah, just, that's what everybody says. Yeah. Now, I don't know. Um, I, I, I uh, when we went to Vegas for the trade show um, a few years ago, dragged everybody to In-N-Out Burger because, mm-hmm. you know, everybody says, oh, you have to have In-N-Out yeah. Burger. And everybody shamed me after because they're like, that wasn't all that. You know, they're like, that, I mean, I've had better burgers. I'm like, I just wanted to take you guys to experience something you can't get east of. I don't, I don't even think. Where can you get them? Colorado, maybe? I know they have them in Dallas. Okay. Um, so I've, you I've can't get them else. further east than Dallas, yeah. correct? So I, I don't know. It's a, I mean, there's so many good burger joints out there. I mean, yeah. Yeah, I mean, Little Rock's got a few of uh, my favorite ones up here. And everywhere we go, like, it's just hard to beat a just a badass burger you just gotta, agree. gotta have one i agree um so touching on that what's life on the road like for a uh, you know sales rep um it is uh it is very interesting aaron um my territory is georgia alabama mississippi and arkansas so i am the i consider myself the sec of uh <laughs> of cigars yeah um it's uh i spend six months away from home uh it's 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 great. I love the job. If I didn't love the job, I wouldn't do it. Yeah. Um, does it get to you? Sure. Just like every other yeah, job. Yeah, man. But um, my the thing that I love the best, and and you're gonna say you're full of shit, but I'm not. It's the people. Yeah. Not because I'm not in the same place every day, and God bless people who work in jobs where they work with the same people every day and stuff. That's mm-hmm. that's cool. I mean, I appreciate it. But I, you know, I get to come out and see you guys, and then I can go to Russellville or Fort Smith, Bentonville, Rogers, Fayetteville, mm-hmm. and see you guys, and then I'm gone, and then I come back, you know, eight, ten weeks later and see you again, and mm-hmm. and, and and I like that part about it. It's tough though because, uh, you know, you're on the road and and uh, you've got to make choices of uh, like food choices. We've been talking a lot about food tonight. You've got to make food choices, and that can be tough. Um, I'm trying to make better food choices as you said yourself you're trying to do these days so i'm i'm trying to stay away from the junk yeah as much as possible now i ate two macaroons tonight and we have to thank rick's wife for that yes um yeah. so yeah. good yeah they were awesome every every time she like every time i see him with a plate of food it's like oh rick i hate you but i love you yeah <laughs> they, they were they were fantastic but i try to stay away from that stuff because you know what you're a young man of i'm gonna guess 32 35 35. Well, I got 20 years on you. So for me to eat what you eat, yeah. I'm not going to metabolize it. Now we're getting all Dr. Ozish, Dr. Ozish now, but I'm not going to metabolize it the way you would. So I'm sitting there saying, I don't need burger, fries, yeah. large Coke anymore. Eat so, the damn salad every once in a while. No, I, I mean, I'm eating a lot of salads and I'm getting to appreciate them again. Cause mm-hmm. before you, I mean, before you were born, Aaron, the only lettuce that there was out there was iceberg. <laughs> and you got that, and you got a couple of radishes and some carrots and there, Thousand Island dressing. That your was your salad. Yeah. So, yeah, so that kind of stuff is uh, uh, now you've got all kinds of frise and radicchio and all these great other varietals that you can put in a salad and, and so many choices of pine nuts and and blue cheese crumbles and cranberries and I mean it's all and you know and then grilled chicken I mean that's a great salad yeah and it's not gonna you know but in in terms of the road it's good uh, it's a lot of windshield time uh, yeah there is it depends uh, it depends on the territories um, 
I mean, I'll talk in general for reps uh, in general. Some guys, I mean, you, some guys can have half a state yeah. like Florida. Usually yeah. that's divided into two. Uh, southeast where we are, you can have anywhere between four and six, sometimes seven states to cover mm-hmm. as a rep. And that in itself to me is difficult because when I see is important in, in, uh, in promoting your brand and building your brands is FaceTime. Yeah. FaceTime with, with owners, with, with support team members like yourself, with consumers and seeing those people is important. Um, but, uh, yeah, uh, you have to get out there. You have to make the calls and, and you're right. Uh, like Arkansas, your windshield time, you know, between here and between here and Russellville, there's an hour then, or an hour in a bit, and then between Russellville and Fort Smith, an hour and a bit, and then it's a, another hour and a bit up to Fayetteville. So, yeah. you know, within the state, there's a lot of road time. Yeah, from from here to Fayetteville, it's right at three hours. Um, so you got you know, yeah, two hundred miles. And, and and depending on your cell service uh, or your cellular provider, <laughs> you can or cannot. Uh, make phone calls, which which a lot of companies uh, encourage us to to you know while we're driving to to make calls yeah. in between uh, accounts and stuff. So yeah, it's a uh, it's interesting. But like you said, if you didn't if you didn't love it, you wouldn't do it. I mean, that, and they they can go generally for any you know job or career you have. Like you know, I'm a I'm a carpenter, a woodworker. There's some days my job sucks, I hate it. But then there's some days that like, man, I get to build shit out of you know, wood, raw material, and then see the finished product. So the end product is what makes everything enjoyable. You know, you not you don't only get to deal with the owners like Brandon. You get to deal with the consumers, the regulars, the people who enjoy the product so much. And, you know, it definitely, sometimes you just need that little boost. And I can see how that gets you through that little hump. Absolutely. I mean, even coming in here uh, to your shop, you know, I, I know a lot of your regulars by name and we know each other and it's it's fun to see mm-hmm. each other and catch up and um what's the name of the men's group that comes in the 31 uh, 33 33 i'm sorry yeah. for i apologize the 33 mm-hmm. that's a great group too and i know yeah. a lot of guys in the 33 and and just those kind of things it's a, there's a lot of uh the great thing about cigars which i'm sure you guys have talked about there's a lot of camaraderie there's a lot of uh hand holding and and hugging and, and, and you know you guys you and your customers help each other through good times and bad oh yeah i mean it's 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 a great thing yeah. you know it, it, it really is and that, that's one of the, sometimes you know I, I don't i don't mean to go off topic but sometimes uh when people say to you aaron why do you smoke cigars you know you you, you sit back and you got to say to yourself well, but what i say why don't you sit down with me and smoke one and you'll kind of yeah. figure it out because yeah. you can't really it's hard to say i mean it's it's a it's it's a feeling it's a mm-hmm. it's a lot of stuff it's it's something that we've we've talked on a couple of times through through the episodes it's one of the only things where it doesn't matter what you do outside of the the walls of a cigar shop or cigar lounge but when you're inside here you might be smoking a different brand you might be smoking you know a really super high end or you might be something smoking something on the bottom shelf but at the same time you're smoking a cigar and you can talk about whichever it doesn't matter your you know your race your religion your you know work it doesn't matter what you do you're smoking a cigar you, that's the one commonality that you have at that moment in time 
between everybody in the shop. It doesn't matter what anything else. You have that one thing that you can both agree on. I agree. Yeah, I agree. I know. <laughs> I agree. Uh, <laughs> I agree. So you're talking about you're here. So I've I don't think I've ever seen you in Little Rock on a Sunday. You are correct, sir. What did you do uh, this week? This is what we did. I uh, back back uh, six months ago. I was speaking with Stephen and Brandon about an event. Mm-hmm. We wanted to do an event. And I said, uh, how about uh, Friday, which was what, the 20th? Uh, September 20th. 20th. I said, how about the 20th? And they said, okay. And the reason I did it was I said, you know what? I've got to do Bikes, Blues, and Barbecue with our friends up in Fayetteville, Brian and Sharon Waters, who Mm -hmm. are good friends of West End also. Yep. Um, And so I said, look, I'll make make a, a big trip of this. So I said, I'll come in Friday, do your event. Um, Saturday, I was lucky enough to play some golf with a couple of good friends of mine at, uh, at one of the nice country clubs here. Uh, and then today I went out and saw a couple more, uh, people, uh, some, some of the guys down in hot springs and stuff. So I said, I'll make a, a work day out of it. Yeah. Steven said t- that you guys wanted me on the podcast yeah. and I said, okay, well, when do you do the podcast? And he goes, we do it Sunday nights. I go, perfect. Yeah. So that worked out because I was able to come do the podcast with you. So it's. I mean, I had one day for me, which was Saturday, which I could chill and stuff. And then mm-hmm. I said, I'll go back to work today. And, and I mean, this isn't work. This is fun. Yeah. Um, and then Monday, hit the ground running and work my way up to uh, Bikes, Blues, and Barbecue, which I'll be doing Thursday and Friday with those guys. And that's going to be a crazy... Have you ever been up there for Bikes, this Blues, is and Barbecue? My, this is my... Correct me if I'm wrong. Fourth, I believe. Yeah, I do it every year with it's these guys. It's crazy. Yes. It yeah. is. It is nuts. So this this episode will come out after that happens, but if every year it happens every year. So if you're a an avid biker, if you like blues and you like barbecue, and you're within a one state range and you want to ride your bike over here, there's going to be thousands upon thousands. I think Brian said quarter million. Uh, it's ridiculous. People. Yeah. How many? Like, Arkansas isn't a giant population state when that happens every year our population grows exponentially yep. for that one weekend and it is ridiculous and I, I i don't know if there's going to be a razorback game going on that weekend or not you th- i they you think they're out of town i'm, I'm not sure it i would it would it, it would, would probably God. behoove them not to be in town. it would be i mean it's a ridiculous time there are just every type of bike you can think of it's up there and they're everywhere and it's just a giant party for three days yeah it's a great event it is it's actually wednesday thursday friday saturday sunday i believe yeah Yeah, i think it's five days so i've got friends in the tattoo industry since i work at tattoo shop also half of them love it because yeah they're gonna make some killer money that week do take everything all the walk-ins and then there's another half they're like screw that I'm getting out of the city. It ain't worth it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it's kind of like, you know, working in Austin when South by Southwest happens. You either love it and you want, and you want to stay there for the whole thing or you're like, it ain't worth it. I'm getting out of town for that, for that weekend. Right. It's right. Uh, it is an experience. I've, I've been to one and I was just, I was amazed at how many people were there. I, it wasn't as, I wasn't expecting it to be as big as it was. Just, I didn't know the first time I went there, and it was like nuts. unbelievable because Dixon Street uh-huh. all day until like 
I think 1 a.m. in the morning, yeah. is a cruise street. Yep. And they cruise up and down that street all day long. Yep. And you've got, you've got, you know, casual riders, you've got seasoned riders, you've got uh, bike clubs. I mean, everybody's there. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's unbelievable. Yeah, from the, from the people who ride it, you know, 365 to the weekend warriors they're all up there yeah it, and nice. the weather forecast is supposed to be fantastic yeah i think it is supposed to be uh, fairly nice we're, we're i think we're finally getting over that that hump of, the heat hump i think tomorrow uh, is supposed to be the first day of fall i believe so we're finally actually getting to you might be right to fall weather 23rd yeah 23rd yeah. i think you're right yeah um i'm looking forward to it as somebody who works outside this summer hasn't been as rough as I thought it was going to be, but it, it was still... It went by fast. Pretty high. Oh, man, it's it's ridiculous. I can't believe, you know, October is, you know, right around the corner. And, and by the time this comes out, it'll probably be October. And baseball. Yeah, I know the the, uh, the stretch. I My my team is out of it. Aaron? Yep. I, what am I wearing? You're rocking the Brave shirt. Thank you. Thank um, you. The Royals lost 100 games this year, so... Wow. <laughs> yeah. wow. Uh, we're, we're out of it. But, as you can tell from the hat... It is now Chiefs season, so, you know. And they won today. We did. We beat, uh, uh, who did we beat? You beat Baltimore. the Ravens. Baltimore. Yes, you yeah. did. Yep, good. That was the one team I was kind of worried about. That's, that was the big game, supposedly, today. Was it? I know, and it was a noon was a, game. It's yeah. like, I, I am I am glad that it wasn't like a the Sunday night game because that TV would be on. Uh, no, we have a podcast for you, sir. Nah, <laughs> no be, TV. It, the, there'd be no volume, but it'd be on. I'd like I'd be watching it while I'm just talking to you. So <laughs> <laughs> distracted he would be. Yeah. Uh, what yeah. was the question, sir? Yeah. Uh, what was it? I don't, huh? uh, what are you talking? About? Yep. Um, so with you being the Perdomo rep, um, do you have a certain cigar that you prefer above others? Like, do you have one that definitely stands out? Like, this is the one I will smoke no matter what. It's my Maybe not favorite, but it's one that I I totally enjoy above all else. Uh, I smoke them all. I will say that. But in answer to your question, and Mr. Mike Willingham will appreciate this, uh-huh. my my favorite go-to is Small Batch Connecticut. I, I and will you say you guys have a huge support base here for that cigar. We do. I so whenever we have somebody come in and they're they don't know what they want they just got into the cigar cigar game you know and they ask they ask us they ask me steve whoever it is um what do you enjoy well i enjoy pepper bombs i love really strong i like spicy the whole way through i but i always say i am not a light cigar smoker but the only one i really really like is the small batch so if i'm smoking a lighter cigar that small batch man we there's have just, like minds, sir. There is just something about that. I don't know what it is because it's it's everything I I don't personally enjoy about a cigar, but there's just something about that that is just it's so buttery, it's so creamy. Do you want me to tell you a little bit about the cigar? Tell hey. me, tell me why I enjoy that cigar so much, why, or why I shouldn't enjoy it so much. You, you should enjoy that cigar because it is uh it it, it is the little brother. Mm-hmm. of the 12-year double-age vintage, which you also carry. Mm-hmm. So what we do is um, when we sort and, and grade the leaves, the smaller leaves are, are too small to make the 12-year double-age vintage. Okay. So we take the smaller leaves and we use them to make the small batch. So they're actually 10-year bale-aged, uh, we call them pequeño, okay. pequeño leaves, that we use for that. So they've actually sat 
uh, in our, our bales for 10 years sleeping uh, until they're ready to be used. So it's given that Nicaraguan uh, tobacco a chance to mellow, I think, Aaron. Mm -hmm. And it goes very, very well with that Ecuadorian Connecticut shade wrapper. Uh, being it's the smaller sizes too, um, I don't know if you've got the sizes pulled up in front uh, of you or I can, not. Yeah, but, I can do that uh, real quick, the small batch. Uh, so I will say that, that Rothschild. Yes. Oh, and the... Uh, half Corona. The Half Corona is the one. The Half Corona is a lot uh, more uh, robust than people think, mm -hmm. you know. Um, yeah, so we're not smoking it, but it's it's one if you do like a lighter one. They have the Half Corona, the Rothschild, the Bellicoso, and the Torio Especial. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah, I knew the size. I just, I was, I may not have uh, been... Uh, 100% up on my sizes, but yeah, those are the cigars. So yeah. I, I actually had a Perdomo that I've never had until like maybe a month ago, which I've kind of, it's been on our shelf for, I don't know how long, um, but I've always kind of passed over it, but it was the, uh, the limited Cameroon. I was so pissed at myself. For not smoking for it. For not smoking that damn thing. The great thing about the Perdomo Cameroon uh, I'll give you a little background on that. There's a family called the Mirfelds. Mm -hmm. um, they're based out of Belgium, and they grow African Cameroon. Um, the father, Rick Mirfeld, was uh, was uh, the one that Nick used to deal with many years ago, and um, he would buy all of the this high-grade, number one, like top-grade African Cameroon from the Mirfelds, and we used to make that cigar in Robusto Toro, Churchill Torpedo, mm -hmm. um, and what happened was Rick passed away, and uh, we stopped doing business with the Mirafeld family, and we had a bunch of pequeño, little yeah. leaves of Cameroon left. I think we had like three or four bales. And one day Nick saw them in the in the aging room, and he said to Sarah Gonzalez, who's our head of uh, production, he goes, Sarah, make some cigars with these. And so she said, okay, and yeah. she, she made the Petit Corona. Now that tobacco is... 19 or 20 years old yeah. Aaron that that, that oh, Cameroon wrapper so you put that on a little Nicaraguan in a petite Corona mm -hmm. and it's I mean I've got I've got we have a a, a very good uh, account uh, and friend of the Perdomo family who he's got 50 boxes at any time in his personal really of those yeah yeah it's when I I had that uh, because with Brandon he is extremely generous he he gets us all a staff cigar and he, he wants us to smoke it all I've smoked everything in that humidor, you know, multiple times around. And then, then I saw that one. It was getting later towards the end of the night, and I just wanted something small because I prefer a smaller cigar anyways. But I saw that one. I was like, you know what? I never had that. Let me just light this up. I got like 45 minutes to kill. That first draw off of it, I, I was standing there, and I actually, I remember I took it out, and I looked at the band, and I was like, you stupid son of a bitch. Why have you not been smoking this more often? It was you, so good. You know what it is, though, Aaron, and, and this is not your fault. Because we only have that one size, mm -hmm. and you know um, it's better to have a good footprint of a brand in there for mm -hmm. people to see, which you guys are very good at, at the footprint. With that one size, it gets lost. It does, and it's the only one that's that size, and the box is a little bit different than everything else. Correct. So you kind of, and, it, and it sits right next to the... the the, the footprint of the Perdomos, but you do, you can, you kind of pass over a yep. little bit. Yeah. Cause it doesn't pop. And it's just, and then when I finally had it, I was like, Oh my God, this thing. Mm -hmm. So it's that, a, it's a lovely little flavor is. bomb. That's the, that's the, what it's a flavor bomb. I mean, from the very beginning to end. So yep. after I had that one, 
I checked our inventory to see, like, we got this many. Okay, I'm going to take just a good handful and put, <laughs> put it in my humidor at home. It was, uh, it was definitely one that I'm so glad I finally did, you know, have just because, you know, I couldn't believe I never had it. But it was, and then I, I felt like the idiot. I'd go around to people like, have you had this before? Like, oh, yeah, I've had this so many times. Like, why has nobody told me about this? Like, you all know what I like. This is exactly up there with everything. So we're coming to the end of the cigar. I'm just now, I'm, you know, getting up to the last third. Um, just a, this, this cigar is just, I like everything about it. The spice you get, the retrohale is nice. You get that really nice pepper uh, all the way through it. Um, what, what are some of the notes and stuff that you get off this one that you, that stands out to you? Um, I, I, I get the same, I get the, the nice pepper to it. Uh, very well balanced cigar. Yeah. You know, um, sometimes you'll, you'll get a cigar and you'll get over the top pepper and then it, then it kind of fades and, and then you'll get a little more pepper And this one. I find that this is the, the, the blend that we put together. And like I said, a lot of that is, is proprietary. So, I mean, even I, as a sales rep do not know, um, and, and to give you a little background on us, we grow in three different valleys down there. Uh, I don't know if you guys have talked about the valleys in Nicaragua, but a few times Esteli, um, Condega, and Jalapa. Yeah. So we're using tobaccos from those valleys now. I don't know the exact, you the know, ratio ratios yeah. of are we using this much Condega and this much Jalapa? I mean, Condega is aromatic, Jalapa is a sweet, and Esteli is the full full mm-hmm. flavored tobacco. So when you put them together, you get a, a, a great combination. But um, I just like the balance of it. I like the spice notes to it. It just—it's just a a great, uh, well constructed, well made cigar that smokes. Yeah. So now you can correct me if I'm wrong, but the in the the Esteli, it's in an inactive volcano. Is that? Yes, it is a volcanic valley. You look around when you're in Esteli. You can look around all sides of you, and you say, you see, huh, mountain, 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 yeah. mountain. Oh yeah. And the and the soil there is just jet black. Yes. Um. Yes. One 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 of our regulars went down there, and you know they were able to go out into the fields and everything, and they got to see everything in it. You know, Nick was out there, and he you know took a handful of the soil, and you can smell the soil and everything. And when they did that, they're like, "Wow!" They couldn't believe just how it's dense. How it's very dense. Yeah. Like when you compress that soil, it sticks together. It's, it's not it's, loamy. It's like wet wet snow. Yeah, it's very compact. Yeah. It's very dense. And believe it or not, I mean, people talk about tobacco. Tobacco is, is, is a lot like uh, grapevines. It yeah. grows, it, it can grow in places where it, it, you know, it doesn't have to be perfect soil. The great thing about Nicaragua is that a lot of that uh, land has never been used. I mean, Finca Natalie, which is the one that you see on our website, uh, six years ago mm-hmm. when we started that farm, nothing had ever had ever been grown there. Yeah. It was for cattle grazing. Yeah, so a couple weeks ago, uh, we, we showcased the Lot 23. Mm-hmm. And I believe that is, is that what is on the artwork of the, uh, of the box? Which yes. Is, is, yeah. That's yes. What, that's what I thought it was. Yeah. Um, again, that was another, just the cigar of that one. That's which, a puro. Yeah. That is, that one is. Let me correct. One. Let me correct myself. The Connecticut is not a puro because we buy the Connecticut shade wrapper, but mm-hmm. the sun grown or natural and the Maduro are 100% puros, which all the tobacco is grown on that lot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But you're, you're, you're like, We've we've talked about the Connecticut shade earlier, but uh, you're starting to see more uh, cigar brands going to that 
Ecuadorian shade Connecticut because of the the pliability of that of that leaf and of that wrapper. Again, it's just a it's it's sturdy. It's like it's it's not tough, but it's just a, it it's, makes it it makes a good. Well, it's not grown under cheesecloth. Yeah. It's grown on the side of the mountain in yeah. Ecuador, which is occluded by the cloud cover, mm-hmm. which the cloud cover provides the the uh, diffusion of the sunlight, so yeah. it's not direct sunlight. So that's that's how it gets the uh, golden color yeah. to it. So it's, it is. It's just uh, you know go back and to that episode. I believe it was episode twenty two, um, and we we'll, we talked all about that. But it's a it's another good one from your line of just great cigars thank you how, how many how many off the top of your head do you know how many cigars Perdomo actually produce like makes we have a state selection vintage we have 12 year double age vintage we have small batch we have uh the champagne series which is in sun-grown uh noir and connecticut we have the factory tour blend we have the lot 23 we have the um uh, craft series we have nick sticks we have fresco uh we've retired a few brands we have this uh, on the silvio which was named after nick's dad we have perdomo squared which is also retired um so there's a there's something for everybody i would say yes if you can't find something in our line to smoke but but i shouldn't say that because different people like different things mm-hmm. some people don't like nicaraguan tobacco mm-hmm. so there's Dominican options or Honduran options for people that don't like Nicaraguan. I had a guy one time said to me, no, I can't smoke Nicaraguan. I get the hiccups. He goes, I've tried and tried and every Nicaraguan <laughs> cigar I've ever smoked, I got the hiccups from. So I said, no problem. There's plenty of nice Dominican and Honduran cigars in there. Uh, yeah, have at it. Yeah. yeah. You know, so I, I prefer Nicaraguan. Um, I just, everything on the, just the Nicaraguan tobacco. I like the hardiness of it. I like the flavor that it produces. Um, because a lot, it, ha- it has it a has lot of cigar makers will say that that the the soil conditions and the growing areas are very similar to Cuba mm-hmm. uh, for the Nicaraguan tobacco. Um, a lot of it hasn't been touched. Um, so, and uh, I believe that Nicaraguan exports of premium cigars have surpassed Dominican Republic really? and Honduras. Now, I think they are the biggest exporter of premium cigars. Yeah. Well, I mean, and for you to get awarded. You know, best cigar of Nicaragua. I mean, think of how many great cigars come out of Nicaragua. Absolutely, I'll I mean, let you name them because th- those are my competition. <laughs> well, all the listeners out there, they know, you know, how many great cigars. And they are great cigars. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, you know. Yeah, but to, when they when they're there, when they are your competition, you're supposed to kill them. Yeah, and right. and for you to get awarded, you know, best cigar of Nicaragua, I can only imagine what that feels like because yeah i i saw the uh video because they posted a video uh-huh. on there and nick was thanking he thanked everybody consumers mm-hmm. you know his our people in nicaragua our sales staff in the united states everybody involved i mean all of our retailers everybody who who mm-hmm. supports us i mean it's great he yeah. and and i i know i've i've had the the pleasure of meeting him and his wife a great great couple um she when she was here she would talk to every customer we had come in. They're the, a, they're a great family, the very night. personable. Mm-hmm. Uh, they appreciate they appreciate it. They, I mean, you're coming and 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 buying and smoking stuff that that mm-hmm. that they've you know that their company's made. They are very appreciative of yep. anybody who's willing to, to to support the brand, which is which is great. Yep. Me too. We all are. Believe me, yeah. we all love that you guys uh, have enjoyed our cigars. Yeah, and and we will for you know 
until I'm not here anymore. <laughs> so, well, until not, not well, here, but not here oh, yeah, 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 yeah. in the I world know anymore. Yes, correct. Yeah. Yep. So, um, yeah, but we're finishing up on the on this cigar. Uh, definitely go come to us, Weston Cigars, or your local B and M out there. They're more than likely going to have it. I mean, you're you're probably in damn near every. Shop. We have a, a great uh, sales team out there that has done very well. I, yeah, I would. I would hazard to say that if you can't find a Perdomo cigar in your home state or uh, for your friends in Canada or whoever's listening around the world, that mm-hmm. there's, I mean, we, yeah, we're out there. there yeah, definitely out definitely. there. Uh, definitely pick it up. And this one that we're having is the uh, Sun Grown Habano. Um, very good one. So you have not been a part of this, but every episode we end with a game. Okay. I'm 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 in. The game is million dollars, but um, I'm going to ask you a question. You get a million dollars one time only, but then you either take it or you don't. Plain and simple. So this week, the question is million dollars, but every time your phone battery dies, you must take a yoga class while loaded with laxatives. You get the money one time only. Do you take it? Am I wearing Lululemon pants? <laughs> Does that matter? Lululemon or however oh, you the, say those. The, the lemon, yeah. <laughs> the Lululemon. Do I wear? Do I get the Lululemon pants? Do you think that will help? Like, and if I can put, and in? if I can, I wear it depends uh, underneath the Lululemon <laughs> Lululemon pants, which were invented by a Canadian, by the way. Um, shameless. Sh- shameless um, Canadian plug. Shameless Canadian plug. Um, <laughs> if I can, if I could wear the diaper. The, the Depends the and the Lululemons, uh, I think I'd do it for I, the well, million dollars. Well, I'd assume... Because my phone battery doesn't die that much. See, I would say it would only, you can wear the Depends only if you're wearing them at that time. I don't think you wear Depends. No. Yeah, so I'm going to say no. You're gonna say you would you would not. No, I'm, I'm, I'm going to say you don't get you don't get that added protection of the, oh. of the of the adult. So, oh, uh, hmm. <laughs> probably I, I me too yeah i think my, i would you know what it's a million bucks yeah so i poop myself <laughs> oops oops i'm sorry yeah i i'm, I'm sorry i gotta go to the bathroom yeah. Oop, oh, didn't I'm, make I, it i'm taking my, my i am i am not the world's worst at my phone i think my phone has died you know, twice in the past year, but there's times when I'm like I'm pushing it like one percent. I'm like I need a charger. Guess what, Aaron? All the new technology you can actually optimize your battery power, and you can turn <sighs> off all the functions on your phone, and it'll last another five hours. I know. So you could take it home and charge it. So really, that question doesn't work anymore because technology has out out uh, paced this. So it probably would never die. So we'd have the million dollars and never poop ourselves. <laughs> but there's always, there's always people out there. Their phone dies all the time. That's true. Like, I think every time, like I've probably like the guys with flip phones, you mean, <laughs> are those people still around? The yes. Ju- the jitterbugs. No, those are the conspiracy theorist guys. Oh, everybody's watching me. Everybody's listening on my phone. Right. Uh, Alexa. Yes. Oh, so those spe- guys. So speaking of conspiracy theories, do you know what happened yesterday or it was supposed to happen? The uh, raiding of Area 51. Oh, so what happened? I, Nothing. Like, like like 150 people showed up. But, and all of a sudden they were vaporized. Yeah, but that was like, ah, there's nothing. But it was funny. I was seeing like seeing pictures, but there was a few that had like the uh, the tinfoil hats on and everything. Wow. It's just like, 
Like, All you know of a sudden, what? the black vans pulled up and they were gone. Yeah, and then they, and then they're never never seen again. No, but crazy. You know, I I I hope I hope they enjoyed themselves and had a good time. But I'm not going to uh, try to raid a U.S. government secret facility. That's still even when you get to Vegas, it's still like 200 miles outside of Vegas or wherever it is for a reason. Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's a reason why. It's out there, and I'm not gonna do that. But uh, yeah, so I hope they ha- hope they had a good time. You know, it's kind of that the uh, the mom that goes to the sporting event. Like, I just hope they all have a good time. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Burning Man. So I I've I don't know if I could do that. I'm I like being clean, and I don't think I can live in a desert for a week and smell like patchouli and dirt and sweat. Mm. Well, I don't know either, but eh, God bless them. <laughs> um, this week we had the Perdomo Habano Sun Grown Epicure. Also paired it with the Stones Throw Pineapple. Uh, so again, thanks to Stones Throw for that. Next week we're going to be having the Alec and Bradley Gatekeeper, a new new cigar by them. I believe it's their second cigar that they've produced. So we'll be having that next week. So look forward to that episode. Um, I know it just came out. I've had, I had a pre-release and I've had one for consumers. I enjoyed both of them. Um, so look forward to that one, but, uh, thanks for doing the show tonight, Chris had a good time. I had a great time. Thank you very much. (laughs) And I hope, I hope D got her, her sense of uh, D did you get your accents? Um, Aaron told me that I needed to do a few accents before I left. So I got a Scott for you. That's it. Um, what else would you like? I'll do an Irish. Sit your ass down in that chair right now. That's my Irish. What else you want? So did you lose, did you have like a thick Canadian accent when you no, came down to the this States? is the way I talk. No, I've always talked this way. I wasn't one of those guys who go, hey, let's go out and get a couple of bets, eh? I never talked like that. But so if you n- listen to, if you listen to some people, I mean, my family... Uh, they'll say a 745 times in a, in a conversation. So. so you didn't have that thick, like, Letterkenny accent? That you- no, they put that on, too. The Letterkenny boys, <laughs> yeah. the Letterkenny boys are awesome. They're awesome, but a hard no to that one, sir. So, so Steve has got me on that show. A hard no, Man, sir. that shit is funny. They, those guys are batshit crazy. They are batshit <laughs> crazy. But I will say this. I've watched a number of episodes. Um I'm from a small town up there in Canada. So is and it true to form? A lot of it. I mean, I grew up with the the farm kids like that. Mm-hmm. Uh, and yeah, it's, it's, it, I mean, I mean, obviously like anything, there's a little bit of over top, yeah. over the top to it, but man, I mean, Squirrely Dan. Squirrely Dan. Squirrely Dan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Crazy, yeah. crazy. But the girls are that good looking and the hockey players are that dumb. No, just kidding guys. Love Canada. But anyway. <laughs> But thank you for coming out on the show once again. Thank you, man. It was a pleasure. I loved it. Uh, thanks to all uh, all your audience members and everybody who uh, enjoys our products, too. We really appreciate you guys. Yeah, thanks. Uh, you know, Make sure you follow the page uh, on Instagram. We're at The Straight Cut. On Facebook, we're on The Straight Cut Podcast. Um, personal one is They Call Me Viking. Um, we're always here to answer all your questions, whatever you got. Reach out to us. Let's have a good time. We always do. Um, Until next week. Later.